Hey, all you fish heads out there. My name is Smokin' Joe, and I have some questions. Do you have fish? Yeah. Do you love your fish? Yeah. Do you love your fish enough to buy them their own song? Oh, yeah. Who needs another castle for the tank when you can have a custom tune made for your favorite finned friend? It's easy. You tell me about your fish. I have the best fish. You pick a genre of music. Any genre. I make you a song. From metal to Irish folk. From EDM to funk to punk. I'd love to make a song for you. Visit www.smokinjoeonline.com to fill out your inquiry today. That's www.smokinjoeonline.com today. Stand on the tiny town day, getting them playing town with them crawl. They don't crawl down, I tell you what. What fella gonna keep me in that tank? She all gone on them and they're in that web on Joe's strip check. And the fella say 15 on them, Orton. And got crawls, cram, trollers. And then he ain't got them backwater now. Well, I dang crying out loud in a minute. Well, get my screen around there, I gotta tell you what. Hey, you know, no, no, bucket. JoeShrimpShack.com no translation needed last thing before we start the podcast is please submit your story time episodes we do story time and it's a bunch of fun stories about our experiences good and bad about the hobby of aquariums certainly submit those in if you haven't listened to story time in the past go listen to some submit stories go to aquariumguyspodcast.com and on the website you'll find our email address phone number send your stories in any format video written other we'll take them and we're going to select our favorite ones to play in story time for let's kick that podcast now welcome to the aquarium guys podcast with your hosts jim colby and rob zolson Jimmy, holy shit. We're in the worst luck ever. If it wasn't for bad luck, we'd have no luck at all. We, we lost our guests, right? Our guests had internet issues. So uh, we will have the plant specialist in another future uh, episode. But uh, also, our backup plan was you were stuck at the Schmeltaline's airport. Schmelt. <laughs> Don't even get me started on this. Can we? Okay, Jimmy, uh, now that you're ordering fish more and more, uh, can we actually plan this where we have a live podcast where we just discuss things back and forth while you're waiting to pick up fish at Schmelta? I think I think I should be mic'd up and go into Schmelta Airlines and stuff. And I don't think nobody's going to catch on until the police arrest me and find it on me when they before they put me in jail. I will lapel your ass. There I'm not even kidding. But uh, I'm Rob Zolson. Hey, I'm Jim Colby. And I'm Adam Elishar. And uh, today, joining us, we have, again, since there is no normal guest scheduled, we decided to bring one of our moderators from uh, the the Discord, which you guys should be on. Uh, Sunny, how are you doing? Good. Fantastic. So, Sunny, thanks for coming on. And just a little bit about you. Can we uh, get, you know, your age, location, and what fish you keep? Social security number. I'm uh And if you're available. No, wait, no. I just, that, guys, <laughs> don't put that in the chat. That was inappropriate. I, I, I no, want... So I'm, I'm about 29. Um, about? Working on restarting my aquariums because I recently moved cross country. Uh, so currently I have two shrimp tanks and some sparkling guarami on the way. Sparkling guarami are pretty awesome. Well, Sonny, you've been with us uh, for a long time as a moderator of the Discord. This is our, our selfish plug. Come on to the Discord, guys. Go to AquariumGuysPodcast.com. Join the debauchery and come see what we uh, we have to offer here. It's a uh, a whole lot of fun, for sure. Um, we have you know live uh, questions. They It's actually really booming. We even have tonight people from the UK. It's like 2 a.m. their time that we're recording this, but uh, totally worth it. So uh, come see the Discord, meet fun people like Sunny, and uh, join the debauchery. 7 p.m. Central, Mondays, on the Aquarium Guys uh, Discord. 
would be this. And also twitch.tv, which we're not doing tonight since I had an issue with it and uh, our guest is canceled. So this one's just for the Discord people. Got to give some love to you, uh, you guys. Uh, but the topic of the evening that we're going to talk about is uh, doomed to fail. Doomed to fail. If we don't have an expert to come on the podcast, because we can talk with our expertise on a lot of different fish. But what, what, what would you rather have? Would you rather listen to, you know, essentially three guys and, uh, and a fanboy? I'll talk about <laughs> fanboy. Well, uh, we're going to have Will. Uh, he, uh, he's known as the plant daddy of our Discord. Will was supposed to come on tonight and uh, tell us all he knows about the wonderful of the plants. He is so busy. Um, doing it, he's almost ready to go full time doing uh, selling plants. So I figured, who who better to have a, a wealth of knowledge? But no, if we don't have an expert on, we could talk about something. But let's get the expert on for the the topic if we can help it. But no one's better than us, Jimmy, at failing. Oh man, we suck. No, actually, we're great at failing. We PhD baby. PH yeah, I've got PhD. I've got an eight year degree in sucking, and that's again, why we have Sunny on here because she hasn't done it wrong yet. No. But, but we're hoping to spend a lot of her money tonight. And so, if you just, Sonny, if you could just give us a blank check for about $500, we will show you how to lose it in about half an hour. Oh, I think I've already lost it all. But, uh, you know, I could give you some tips on losing money. There we go. Without even leaving the house, you don't even have to go to the damn casino. <laughs> just go buy some of these fish that we're going to talk about here. And, uh, you know, Adam's going to be talking a little bit about uh, things that he's failed at. So that should take three minutes because he's perfect. He's perfect. Picture perfect. Yeah, he's a beautiful man. <laughs> he's a, he is. He's okay. A, I, lo I look at him and I just go, ah, oh, he's a pretty man, isn't he? It's those dashing eyebrows of it, Lee. It is. It's it's just basically one eyebrow okay. goes all the way across his forehead. But it's called a <laughs> unibrow. It's a unibrow? No, I, that is, look, at that is a chiseled eyebrow. Yeah. That is not a Whatever. unibrow. How dare you? That's my glasses, jackass. Oh, okay. Oh, thank never, God. Never mind. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's so much better now. I think, I think, we, hit a, I think we hit a nerve with Malibu Ken there. Well, we should notify people uh, on the state that we're in since we give people updates on our lives. Uh, I woke up this morning and saw it was 37 below outside. <laughs> um, I missed that cold. When did we wake up and realize that? This land is forsaken. Oh, my God. I I left. I, I was late for the podcast. I apologize to everybody. Um, I left Fargo, North Dakota, which is one hour, 10 minute drive. And the sun was just going down. And it was one degree above zero in Fargo. And by the time I got home an hour, 10 minutes later, 16 below. And, and then falling fast. Falling. And that was like, what, 8 o'clock or uh, 730? Yeah. Right. Uh, to, for those that are in other countries besides, you know, the United States that uses Fahrenheit, to just let me help you do a conversion, right? So, negative 37 degrees Fahrenheit is negative 38 degrees Celsius. Is it really? It literally meets there in the middle. Wow. Yeah, so... Uh, we suck. We, we, we unilaterally suck no matter where you're at and how those measurements go. And, uh, wait, wait, I have to do this now. Weather in Antarctica. <laughs> According to Oceanwide Expeditions, Antarctica is colder than the Arctic. All of these factors combine to keep Antarctica's average coastal weather around minus 10 degrees Celsius to 14 degrees Fahrenheit, and okay. its inland around minus 55 degrees Celsius, did minus you, 67 degrees Fahrenheit. Right. So did you did you catch that right there? Right. It, it fluctuates normally between 14 negative 14 to negative 67. So uh, what is it right now? In Antarctica? In Antarctica, right? It is uh this literally. They're negative thirty-three. We're colder than Antarctica. <laughs> Antarctica right now. The the penguins are sitting there chuckling warmer than we are in Minnesota. Yeah, they're just chuckling their ass off, those stupid penguins. All right, so uh you, you thank guys you. Google be for jealous? That. What what what's your temperature down there in southern Minnesota? Uh it is I think too below right now. Oh, oh no, that changed hundred percent. Wow, that makes me feel much better about myself. Right, that changed 100%. Um, I don't know. I was the, it, We didn't even get above zero last yesterday, and I was fine with it because yeah. I'm used to it. Oh, negative six. I lied. Sorry. It, it's just going to get worse. This is the kind of the highlight of the week. It's going to get colder yeah. at the end of the week. So anyway, enough, enough pissing so and moaning. We just want to tell you that. That way, if Jimmy's dick falls off, you know no, it wasn't no. by his own practices. No, it's not going to fall off. 
<laughs> That's the one part that will remain unfrostbitten. I, I will say this. My wife hurt my feelings last week on Groundhog's Day. Oh, no. I came out of the shower. She looked at me. She goes, oh, didn't see your shadow, huh? <laughs> Uh, not very nice. There's nothing better than a good penis joke. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah. All right. So we got that mission accomplished. So to dive in the subject of uh, today, we're going to do this in two different formats because we have a, a wide range of listeners. So we're going to start with the beginners. If you guys are joining the podcast and somehow this was your first podcast, number one, stop. Go back. <laughs> All right. Go back to episode 18. Get out. 18 is the best one. 18 is our favorite. That is, is it the really? in-house favorite. What is it? Uh, story time. Uh, what did you say? I said arguably. Argue. What arguably. is your favorite, Sonny? Mine is the uh, the bait guy you had on. You like Hoot? Jimmy yes, loves Hoot too. I love Hoot. Wow, that is who you was need, who was great. You need to give me the name of your drug dealer. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, Hoot. Hoot was quite a Hoot. That actually is his name, Hoot, and and he is. We got a lot of feedback on that. We he, didn't even we didn't even come back to the podcast to talk about is it. Is he a Minnesota Cajun? Or what do you? How do you describe him? Honestly, so uh, Minnesota has their full on. Oh, don't you know? Now try to match that with a full on like French Cajun. That's like a French Canadian mixed with a Cajun. That's kind of what you're getting with the hoot. Compare a hoot to the like swamp people, and the swamp people are like. Lesbians, they're 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 like Shakespeare people compared to this guy. As as far as the accent goes, yeah, oh, who God. doesn't who doesn't live like those people on like Discovery Channel? He's a classy, upstanding gentleman, uh, but there's a whole demeanor that's a very flavorful demeanor. Hundred uh, <laughs> percent, absolutely. Uh, you actually like he cleaned it up for the podcast, but first time Jimmy met Hoot, he literally looked at me and I had to translate. Word for word on what was going on, because you were 100% clueless. I was sober, too, and I was like, what is this guy talking about? It is really fun. If you ever get Jimmy in parties, he tries to imitate Hoot. Yeah, I can't do it right now. So, shout out to uh, Mr. Becker. Uh, but no, start at episode 18, kick it off, have some fun, get a good taste of the aquarium, guys. But we're going to dive in first to beginners, to talk about species, mainly, uh, that are doomed to fail and why they're doomed to fail. So you, if you want to attempt them as a new aquarist, can either make the correct decision not to, or at least know generally why they fail so you don't have to make that original mistake. Because we've already made it for you. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper to, to let somebody else make the mistake. That's what God dang sure. And then we're going to cater to the advanced hobbyists. And tell them how to lose even more money. And tell them what's doomed to fail as far as wholesale. Because Jimmy has tons of experience, Adam and I, all on what fails when you buy them in bulk. Mm -hmm. So, to start off, what I mean, pick on the the biggest thing that's doomed to fail: goldfish. Goldfish. Goldfish are doomed to fail, Jimmy. How is that? I don't. I don't believe you. Well, Adam, why are they doomed to fail? Because people stuck them in little goddamn tiny bowls. I feel like this is going to be wow. Adam's going to so be so much anger. Adam, my God, cussing, flaring, soapboxing. How upset I get when they when they go and they try to buy one of those twenty five cent goldfish and then a beta bowl and then they go this this fish can live in that right? No, excuse me. At my pet store, they would do that all the time. Adam, it's COVID. They're sixty cents. <laughs> okay, sixty cent goldfish. They were a quarter. Isn't that amazing? People will spend $6 on a damn bull, but they'll only spend a yep. quarter a quarter on a freaking goldfish. But they just, they don't, don't stick the goldfish in bowls. They need filtration, and they need space, and they're carp, and they're just dirty fish. Don't throw them outside. Don't use them for fishing bait. All right, so number one. Let them live with another dirty fish in Oscar. Just saying. Then they get eaten. Right. So number one, like Adam said. First problem solved. Doomed to fail. A cheap fish gets stuck in cheap things, and people don't really do it because they're just trying to, uh, I don't know, meme the hobby. They're not taking the hobby seriously. They're not treating it as a normal pet. Would you want a puppy? Are you going to put a puppy in a crate and stick him in the corner and see how long he lasts? No. We're going to treat the puppy like we care about him, love him. So I don't know what the detachment is with it. I think that we're, if you sell something for cheap, they're going to treat it like a piece of shit. I think that's always a big thing. It looks like bait, smells like bait. It has more color. Let's treat it like bait. Uh, don't do that. And then also, if you have the same 25 to 60 cent goldfish, 
you need to know how big they get and long they live. Common goldfish go up to 45 years, right? How long do you want to be stuck with a fish? Uh, I would love to be stuck personally that long. Most people don't know the commitment, and they don't know they grow 10 to 13 inches. I don't want a woman along that long. Right. You have to have a 55-gallon tank to keep it, and then you have to have that tank forever? I'm, I'm confused. What was your what was your goal? And people are like, oh, it lived for two years. It must have lived a long and healthy life. Nope. Something went very wrong, or it only held on for two years. Stop it. It became there suicidal. There was a koi that I read about that was 120 years in going. What? It was in Japan. It was in a pond. And this family takes care of it. They pass it to the next generation. And it's the same koi. I, so, I want to say it's like 130 some years. Let's talk about a little tangent. Because I went on another podcast, uh, Myth Story. And they wanted to talk about the uh, fish that uh, crosses over the river, turns into a dragon. It's a Chinese uh, myth story, right? So I was there to tell them a little bit about the real deal. And Hanako is a rec- the oldest recorded koi, which follows that exact description, Adam, 226 years old. Yeah. I mean, so, they'll live for a long time if you take care of them. That's a koi. Right? It, died, it died in 1977. Yeah, they, they have like a whole history on what it lived through and all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's just one of the craziest stories. If you ever want to look into it, hanakokoi.com. Uh, again, two centuries, two decades, and six extra years. Um, it was more of a red koi. There, there's a ton of things. Uh, are you sure James this- Cook discovered the Australia in 1770 all the way through Elvis and the Beatles. Think about that. What, was That's this, a lot. Was this fish just frozen like in an iceberg and people just thought it was alive? Well, if it was still alive... Uh, Walt Disney would have captured it and frozen it nice. <laughs> let's, let's, yeah, let's. I thought Walt Disney was frozen in ice. He is, but but he wants a fish with him just to show how. Long I thought he they could cut live. his head off or something. I don't know. Maybe that's somebody else. Well, before we get sued by Disney, we should continue on. All right. Uh, number two, secret monster fish. I'm just going to put those and lump them into a category. Secret, like nobody knows. Right. So let's pick on a few. Paku. Uh, you just go right to the best one. So, number one fish that uh, is picked on that's I think that is most abused for tropical fish, quote unquote, in the Ohio Fish Rescue's opinion is the paku. It, people are always like, "Oh, wouldn't it be cool if we got a piranha, Jimmy?" And they're like, "Oh, but that could bite my kids' fingers." Do you have anything better? And they go, "We have a vegetarian piranha for you, and it only costs you three dollars." How great is this? They Six don't, after COVID. That, <laughs> Six after COVID. That's too much. It's too much. Three bucks is too much for a freaking Paku. So they don't tell them that those things get bigger than a garbage can lid. We're talking the big boys, too. Like, take your hand. Yeah. As big as me. That's not possible. <laughs> Fat jokes. No, I'm, I'm just saying. Shamu looks at you and goes, hmm. I probably could take him, but probably not. Right. If you want to have some fun, go on to YouTube. Look up Ohio Fish Channel, Betty the Paku. Uh, sitting in a 125-gallon tank, so big it couldn't turn around or swim, right? Living in there for 18-ish years and just suffering, essentially. They brought it back, and it couldn't swim right because it never really swam for years, and didn't have the exercise and was hyperventilating because it was out of breath, just swimming, holding its own body mass up. How horrible. And they named this Betty? Betty the Paku. Betty the Paku. Okay. Right. Still at OLFR, still doing great, older than hell. Massive, massive Paku. So that's just one of many stories, but even normal fish, right? You see a knife fish that's, what, three inches at a pet store? Those things get massive. Clown knives get absolutely record size they're game fish now in florida that are invasive species so do your homework and always start and by measuring how big do these get and how long does it take to get there even like bala sharks get absolutely huge and yeah if, if you want if you want a torpedo in your tank you know i've had people that have, have spooked their bala and they've cracked the tank i spooked my bala and it cracked its head open oh your bala yep not sure what you said Spooked my bala, cracked its head open, and uh, now it's dead. <laughs> That's funny. I, 
I mean, you what, what do you do? I, I had the space. It had a great place to live, and it just happened. You, you do the same thing we do with all of our special friends. You put a helmet on them. That's what you do. Put a helmet on Put them. a helmet on your, on your special little Paku. Whatever. All right. So under the beginner fish line, the, the next in the list is discus. Uh, generally, people go in, and they'll either see something that's cheap like a beta goldfish, something that's easy, and they'll throw it in a bowl. The other spectrum is people walk in and just assume that they want the best fish. That's the most colorful thing. I want to throw money at a problem. They want to do no homework, and they want to just have it look cool and look the most amazing. So they go in and say, like, oh, discus. Yes, it looks like salt water. Great. Put it in my cart. I'll throw it in my tank and set up my tank tonight. And it's just a really, really bad symptom of taking money and burning it, burning it right in front of you. So Adam, why why are discus not a good idea for beginners? They're finicky as hell. I mean, they need specialized heat requirements. Um, they are very touchy. They need their aquarium set up for at least eight ten weeks minimum. I mean, I wouldn't even do it unless the tank was aged a year personally. But that's just me. Well. Okay, I could do it, but you're, <laughs> you're looking at a fish that has an equilibrium slime coat more prevalent than most fish. They actually feed their young off of their slime coat base. They have uber temperament issues where they have to have at least some company or they'll literally potentially die of loneliness. They have to have hiding places that are tall enough to cover the entire fish Otherwise, they will stress out to the point of turning deep black and die. You have to have pristine water quality just for the slime coat, but also low enough pH to handle them because even a perfect discus that's been acclimated forever in a high pH environment will give up. And extreme, I know this firsthand. Extremely warm water. Yeah. That's Burn, the most yes. important is the one. Yes, that was my first fish that uh, was difficult to take care of that I got. And I'm very lucky that they all survived and did great, but it was a lot more work than even the internet made it sound. And the internet makes it sound like a lot of work to keep discus. I know it's hard to believe, but some things on the internet are true. Just a few. That's one of them. Yes, and sometimes they're under-exaggerated even. Right, like those Christmas photos from last year. (laughs) (laughs) So, no... Know to do your homework, throwing money at something just because you think it's cool, not a good plan either if you're a beginner. And, and the other thing about discus that drives me insane is when, when people go into a pet store and they buy one or two discus, and then pretty soon they want to get these special colors, and they see something on the internet, and it's called, you know, flaming orange pumpkin or something, and then they go in to, and try to order this for, th- through the pet store. And it's, and it's a Marlboro Red? Yeah, it's, it's virtually... <laughs> There's a hundred different goddamn names for every color of discus. And unless you know who you're, who you're dealing with, I mean, it's very hard to get the colors that you want unless you actually deal with somebody who has them in stock and you can see pictures of them, such as Ken's Fish. Ken's Fish does a wonderful job selling discus to people, but he's got pictures of the fish in-house. I mean, they're here. This isn't what is coming. This is what's here right now. And so if you want to see some beautiful, beautiful discus, check out Ken's, Ken's Fish, K-E-N-S Fish. Also, turquoise discus are some of the hardiest discus strains. Every, like, blue diamonds are a little more finicky, and they don't breed as well. But, like, I've never had really that many problems with, like, a blue or a red turk. They just seem to be a hardier fish. Um, The wild-caught ones, as expensive as they are, if you can get your tank set up and everything perfect, they'll do pretty good. But, like, if you want, like, a good, just a basic discus and you want to try it don't throw money at like marlboro reds or the solid white ones or the solid yellow ones just try a red or a blue turk so i got a message here from someone in discord uh they messaged me why that there's so much name differential like isn't there a naming scheme to discus well here's the problem uh everybody wants to be creative and have something that they believe is unique even if it's just you know a couple generations down the road might change colors and discus honestly they they change from breeding habits food they're a very temperamental fish and they'll change just from their own mood if they're stressed out they'll go dark if they're uh breeding or chase they'll go light 
I mean, it's incredible just seeing the color in your own tank, and then you have to take pictures of these and sell them online. So let's just say Jimmy buys what they call peach discus from a wholesaler. He gets 20 peach discus. Well, then Jim wants to corner the market because he thinks that he has something that's unique, which he may. He may have bred them a couple of times, but then he'll go online and say, uh, we'll tell him, you know, Jim's scrotum discus. And he'll just say, you know, their skin color. Why do you go with scrotum discus? <laughs> Because okay, it's it's not only because comical they're, because they're huge. It's not only comical, but it really paint, depicts the accuracy of people trying to be creative. Like, oh, they're you know, uh, you know, dragon's breath when it's just something red. It's just Jimmy taking a pink fish, calling it a scrotum discus because it's something that's skin colored. It's it's literally that example. I mean, what was the name of that particular coral that we saw over at that? Uh, uh, Homewrecker coral. They had homewrecker. homewrecker, Spider-Man, Angry Birds coral. Yeah. Everybody does this shit. Yeah. And and, and he says, you know, homewreckers, one of his best sellers. Because people want to go, oh, that's a homewrecker. Why is it homewrecker? Because it's so damn expensive and my wife's going to kick me out, you know? Um, yeah. Just for instance, Joe from Joe's Shrimp Shack was here with us a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's helped me out tremendously uh, purchasing different shrimp. And I'm getting him from the same area where he's getting them. And I go, why can't I find red, really shrimp from this particular country? He goes, it's because they named it something different. So what's it called? He goes, red glaze. And what's a blue, really? Blue glaze. Black, really? Black glaze. So, I mean. Everybody er wants to be unique. Right. And so, and like he says, you know, when you're over in Thailand and you're trying to sell to the United States. Uh, you can't even sell them because people are going, to me, a red glaze would be something that's kind of got an opaque glaze color, you know, kind of an opaque. And uh, I wouldn't buy those. I want something with a solid color or something bright. So this is my time to you know plug something in the episode. You guys can go to jimsscrotumdiscus.com. No, no, you can't. And uh, see, they might be out of stock, but uh, certainly you check it out. It. You can uh, check it out after the podcast. Now... Uh, next on our, our beginner's no-no list is loaches. So not all loaches. Uh, Adam, what loaches do you not recommend for beginners? Um, I would not recommend clown loaches for beginners. Clown loaches, they, you look at them wrong, and they get ick, and then people go and they go, oh, my fish has ick. So then what do they do? They go and they get the quick cure or the copper medic medicine, dump it in the tank, and then they go, my loaches died. Why'd they die? Because loaches are scaleless and they can't handle copper. So, yeah, that's I, I, you know, every time I import clown loaches, I'll bring in 100, 200. Here's the way I treat them. I bring them in into a really hot tank. I, I, I don't turn the light on. I give about 25 uh, PVC tubes for them to hide in. And I put them in there for three days. I don't look at them because if you have the light on, they freak out. And uh, not day one, not day two, but day three, every single time they get freaking ick. But when, when, when um, so if you're going to purchase a clown loach from somebody, make sure that's something that hasn't came in in the last day or two. Make sure it's been sitting there for two or three days or two or three weeks before you purchase it. I wouldn't even sell them for the first two weeks at my shop. Yeah. Whenever I get them in, you, you just can't. Yeah. Oh, you're just setting people up for failure and they're going to come in and for, and it's, you know, always somehow your fault. And, you know, well, can you give me a better deal on the next clown loach so I can kill that one, too? But if if your pet store is selling you clown loaches the same day they get them in or within a week and not warning you about the ick thing, they just want your money or more medicines and shit. Yeah, ick, uh, clown loaches need a place to hide for the first week or two before they when they come in. Most of these things have been raised in ponds, uh, but a, a good chunk of them, there's a nice, nice article in Amazonas Magazine this last month that just came out talking about the majority of, of the clown loaches are still wild caught. And check that out in the new Amazonas. It just came out. The other thing that I was going to say is, is that most people only get like one or two. Loaches do way better in groups of at least six. Yes. So if you're not going to get six minimum. Don't even get them. They're just like Tetras, in my opinion, where you need a larger. They the more you have, the better they do. And, and the and the problem with getting six is it gets to be pretty damn expensive, doesn't it, Adam? I mean, because yes. most stores know they're going to lose them, and so they they put a pretty good premium on them. So whatever the wholesale price was, I times it by eight. 
Yeah. So my normal fish, I would go times three, but clowns, you always do times that much because they just don't do well. Yeah. So if you pay, if you pay a wholesale price of three bucks, you're, you're selling them for 24 bucks. Yep. And the average person can't walk in and buy six clown loaches at 24 bucks a piece. Um, you know, you can always ask if you get a discount, if you buy more, but, uh, some, some stores will work with you, some won't. But uh, the other thing that I used to have problems with or never had problems with, and, and now it's nothing but problems, is coolie loaches. Coolie loaches, I'm talking about the multicolored coolie loaches that are three, you know, two, three different colors. And um, they used to be kind of bulletproof, but now they used to be. Now they're horrible. And the only thing I carry is the black coolie loach. And uh, for a store to try to sell a black coolie loach or a regular coolie loach, you need to buy a hunt. You know, a store needs to buy a hundred so they can sell four so they can find them because most places have a uh, a tank that's got gravel in and they bury themselves in the gravel and see you next year. Yep. And then they never come out except at night. Right. And Although we did find out that the salt did help when we talked to Dr. Fish, remember? Yes. Keep them in brackish. And that was my thing because I bred them in brackish water. And I think that was the trick that we didn't know about. Yeah. For those of you who, who are new to the podcast, uh, Every month or so, we have Dr. Fish, uh, Dr. Jim, who's from Secrets Farms, comes on and gives us great, great information and stuff. So uh, if you're new to the podcast, go check the Dr. Fish episodes. Uh, if you have any questions, please get them to us, and we will ask Dr. Fish in our next episode. Sonny, you have any bad luck with loaches? Can't say that I've kept loaches yet, uh, but they're on the to-do list. Well, now she's not going to do it with copper. never copper i've had okay i know dr fish thinks i'm a fluking idiot you are a fluking idiot hey we all think that not not just him i will sign that all of us i will sign that petition at uh whole foods i'll start it i'll start but that is use the garlic guard it helps trigger them to eat and i just i swear by it i don't know you guys can all call me nuts, but I swear by it. Well, and I swear by that with my discus because I swear swore that when I started mixing garlic with my discus food, that it completely changed the game with how often my discus freaked out. Well, that's because you bought your discus uh, at you from know, Italy. No, no, he, they're Italian discus. No, she got <laughs> vampire scrotum discus from jimscrotumdiscus.com. Uh, no. Quit talking about my scrotum, no, man. Most of mine I actually got from Jack. Jack Watley discus. Oh wow! And highly recommend Jack Watley discus. They also have really great um, articles on their site on different carekeeping methods, um, food, whether you're making it yourself or buying it. Um, and and this, yeah. this may seem kind of crazy, but but uh, if you go on Aquabid, you'll see there's a gentleman selling discus that he raises himself. Uh, his name is Joe Gargus. Oh, Gargus's discus are good, too. And anyway, he talks about the first discus that he bought was Jack Watley discus. And he always says, buy the smallest discus you can get because they ship so much better. They don't freak out. They do. And uh, Joe Gargus sells his discus, and I have bought discus from him, and they come in about the size of your thumbnail. And they're, yeah, they're pretty cute. They're very cute. <laughs> and you just have to be ready to feed them uh, some live brine shrimp when they come in and, and to get them going. But uh, check out Joe Gargas. Uh, he's in Florida. The man is phenomenally smart. He owns seven or eight, uh, what do you call those, Rob? Patents. Patents. There you go. Seven or eight patents just on water quality. And uh, he I had, actually have water quality books. I do too. And and he designs he designs water quality uh, systems for cities. And so the man is very knowledgeable. He's worked for a lot of uh, different companies like Tetra and and that over the years. So uh, if you're looking for discus and you want to go on Aquabid, uh, Joe Gargas is, is the way to go. And uh, I can't say good enough good things about him. And unless you really want to be doomed to, to fail when it comes to discus and a lot of uh, the really pretty freshwater species, you have to keep in mind you need to feed them three to five times a day. And if you're working 40 hours a week, that can be um, challenging. All right, next on the list, we're going to roll through this a little faster. Hatchet fish, Adam, why? They jump, and marble hatchets are like the worst fish for getting ick I've ever seen. Um, they stress out super easy. They're a topwater fish. So even with, you need a lot, a lot of topwater cover. So basically take plastic plants, rip the base off of them so they float on the top of the water, 
and have it like a mat so that it, they can't jump out of the tank. And even then they're going to jump out of the tank. Yeah. Now, when uh, we talk about fish like, ooh, it has a potential to jump out of the tank. You're like, well, probably not me. These no, no, fish no, jump. will jump. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of every day. And they're, they're so thin. They could go through dang near any little crack on, on the aquarium hood. And I have found them stuck to the wall. I have found them stuck to the wall five feet away, too. Yeah, yeah. You literally, you'll literally have a hood, and you'll see that crack, and you're like, that couldn't happen. Tape your tank. Take right. some tape. That's the only way you're going to stop it. They will jump. It's a matter of, do you have any hole, seam, or anything whatsoever? If we can't talk you out of, 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 out of a hatchet fish, you know, start out with a silver hatchet fish. They're at least a little bit more sturdy. I would call them darn right hardy. They're, they're hardy. But you just got to keep them in the damn tank. Next. And they're schooling fish also. Right. Need to keep them 10 pounds. Right. Next one's Pictus cats. And the mm. reason that we pick on Pictus cats is because it's so prevalent to see them in department stores. They were in Walmart for years. Now that Walmart's closed down, that's still it's still everywhere for the more traditional box stores. And Pictus cats are aggressive. People think that they can mix them because they're part of the quote-unquote bread-and-butter fish. And they're always put as semi-aggressive. Well... People don't understand what semi-aggressive is, and a Pictus cat will show you what that means. I had a three-inch Pictus catfish eat 40 neons one time in a night. Yep. In one night. That was an expensive snack. And he wasn't, I didn't think he was that damn big. And and here's the thing is, I thought I had all the Pictus catfish out, but he was back in the corner hiding somewhere, and he just helped himself. And the other thing about Pictus catfish that absolutely suck is trying to get them out of a net. Yep. You have to cut them out of the net, not the fish. Cut the net. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if you're gonna be if you're gonna be handling your pictures fish, the only thing I can say is get yourself the most fine net. Even a brine shrimp net will still catch those darn things. So would those stainless steel nets work, Jim? I think those would probably be better. Um, but I mean, still, I would. Um, when I used to catch them, when I wholesale, I'd keep forty or fifty in a tank and stuff. And I had a piece of PVC that they all hid in, and I'd reach in and grab the piece of PVC and pour them out of the piece of PVC pipe just because I was so tired of throwing nets away. It was costing me, a, a, you know, four nets a week just netting those. Yeah, everything. that actually makes sense. They're also nocturnal, which people don't realize, and then they think, they go, why does my Pictus cat not move around? And and then they look like they're just all nice, but yeah, they eat everything, and they're nocturnal, and they get bigger. They're just a pain in the ass. They also are schooling. Yep. What else you got, Rob's, on the list? Next up is Oscars. Okay, that's just because we hate Oscars. Honestly, Oscars are a great dopey fish. They're the Florida sunfish. And, you know, here's what's going to piss people off. Florida sunfish. They taste wonderful. They do. They taste great. Do they? Yes. They are a huge delicacy in the Amazon. Literally, it's just like the, uh, it's like a sunfish around here. It's not too far off. Yeah. Just a d delicious white fish. Yep. Yeah, so if you ever get, you know, stuck in your house too long, you have an Oscar, eat it. We hate them because they're retarded looking. They're slow. They shit like a monster. So when people have them, they're like, oh, I want five in a tank. Shit. Have yeah. two in a 55 and you're lucky. Right. Like they're going to shit out your world. But otherwise, they're, they're just a they're a hearty fish. They grow huge. Uh, they most people make mistakes because they're shit monsters. And they live a very long time. And I see a lot. They're boring. And I, I see a lot they of them. I, I have people would always say, you know, hey, can I trade down this Oscar? I won't give you anything for it, but I'll take it because he's going to eat my dead fish. I used to keep a couple of Oscars in a 55 gallon tank, and if something died, I'd throw it in there. And if nobody died, they didn't eat. But almost every big Oscar that somebody gave me came with a hole in the head. Yep. I did find out that um, when I did not put activated carbon in the tank, they seem to do better with uh, recuperating from the hole in the head. Yep. Not always, but they seem to do better. That's a question I want to ask Dr. Fish. There we go. Write it down for next yeah, time. I've heard that for several different species. About, we, the, about the carbon? We need to do a Dr. Fish yeah, with us. Like um, with like discus, uh, angelfish, Oscars, a few others. The tanks with activated carbon seem to have more cases of hole in the head versus ones without saltwater fish too i never put i never put activated carbon in my saltwater tanks after i had a couple uh of the saltwater angelfish they got lateral line disease really bad 
All right, keep on rolling with this list here. Glassfish. Glassfish. Glassfish are technically brackish fish. They're super delicate nope, and that. simply disappear when they're just not doing well. You won't really see a symptom or sign. They'll just be poof, dead is. <laughs> and, and they also get uh, ick really bad. Yeah, people think they're really cool because you can look at them and you can kind of see their insides and you can kind of see their bone skeletons. Um, the, the other sad thing about glassfish is they're they're not a great seller, so then they'll take and they'll put paint on them to try to, you know, they'll put like a fluorescent paint on them. Yeah, there's like, there's a couple different types. There's like the Indian glassfish are more of tetra-based and they'll put paint on them to try to doze them up and then, of course, they're injured or they all have long-term effects and just crap out for no reason. Then you have the normal, like, glass catfish which are the ones that just disintegrate and disappear but you can't really put any lines on them because they're too delicate yeah you, you know the glass ghost glass glass cat fish you're gonna have trouble with them because they start turning white and then they're dead in about six hours and so or less or less uh next one uh the common placo go at it common placos do not belong in a fish tank because everybody buys them and they go and they go, oh, this eats shit. And they don't feed them. They eat algae. They eat some detritus. They eat driftwood. They do not eat shit. And they eat everybody tons eats. of protein, they thanks eat. to what we learned from uh, the Placo the King. They eat yeah. lots and lots and lots. They eat, there's another fish you could feed all day long, and they're never happy. They, they don't have enough to eat. So people that when they feed their Placo... They just assume they're going to get whatever's on the bottom left. And if you have a busy tank with a, with a bunch of neons, and there's not a lot of food that hits the bottom. Now, I'm six foot two, six foot three. I have seen placos come from about, oh, uh, let's say the middle of my bicep to the tip of my finger. Uh, you, Jimmy, have seen them from my shoulder to the tip of my finger. Yes. Literally feet, multiple feet long. Yeah, we were in, we were in, in uh, Tampa Bay at Norton's Tampa Bay Fishery. I said uh, to Paul Norton, I said, Paul, how, how big do they actually get? And he took off his shirt. He waited in the pond and he felt on the side of the pond uh, for the the holes because they, they burrow in the side of the of the dirt. And he reached in and he pulled out this pleco that it had, I mean, he held it over his head to show me. And it had to have been three feet long. And he said, these things lay eggs in the riverbank. Um uh, the day we're there, they're actually he was buying eggs from a couple of young guys that were collecting eggs out in the, I want to say the wild, but in the river system there in Florida, they have a uh, really cool pond system for their fish. But as they pump out the ponds to get all the fish out, they pump the the, the water into the river system, and of course, always a few fish get loose. So if you're ever in Tampa, Florida, you can go down, and if you stand by, just stand there in a river, you'll see. An angelfish go by. You'll see sword tails that are five, six inches long go by. And that whole place is full of plecos. And these young guys would come out there, uh, two young brothers, and they would gather pleco eggs in these holes in the river system, uh, especially like where underneath branches and stuff where there's some cover. And these kids would go out wading in this river waist deep, uh, and they would poke a hole or poke a stick looking for the holes. And then once they found them, they'd reach in and grab the eggs and egg mass of a pleco could be the size uh, of a golf ball, all the way up the size of a softball. And they would sell these clusters to people. So most people, uh, they're getting a pleco eggs brought to them down at the Florida fish farms. Now they're quit breeding them themselves. They get too big. If you're going to get something, stick with a bristlenose pleco. They get no more than four, four and a half inches. All and right. apparently Jim can't breed them, but Rob can. Yeah, I mean, I kill you. I have the gift, the I, gift of the Marvin gaze. I kill you both. Well, you've got the gaze part right. Last two, right? Uh, we have Scarlet Battis, and these are becoming more and more prevalent in pet shops because they've remained decently priced during COVID for some reason. Not sure why. They're a fun, colorful, very, very small fish, and the popularity of rays because of nano tanks. Now, when people get fish, especially when you're new, do you want to stick with one fish? Are you okay as a new hobbyist with one fish in your tank? And I'm talking not talking one single fish, one type of fish. Generally, you want a community tank. You're going to get some neon tetras. You're going to get a few mollies. You're going to have a community tank. And, oh, 
Scarlet Baddis definitely seem like a fun fish. Do not put them with other fish. Scarlet Baddis are extremely timid. They're very small, and they're tiny, tiny micro-predators that have their own social structure. If you're going to have them, keep them pretty well alone. They have trouble eating normal traditional food that are not live. They will eat it, but given any other fish in the tank, they will starve to death. They will hide, run, and they'll literally just disappear. You'll no longer see them because they cannot compete for food, sadly. I wonder if they do good with shrimp. They do pretty darn great with shrimp, actually. He's got to keep the temperatures high because normally shrimp tanks, like solo shrimp tanks, like Neocardinus cardinius, not heated. So make sure to have heat with a scarlet badass. And the last one is puffers. Now, puffers on the rise, we have YouTubers, uh, Ohio Fish Rescue, that they just lost Pittsburgh. Rest in peace. Uh, Puffers are absolutely on the popularity rise, and puffers are extremely hard to take care of. If you're going to start with a puffer, the only puffer to recommend is the pea puffer, which technically you should have brackish water. If you have them in fresh, it's going to be really difficult to keep them long-term. You'll Short-term is fine. You'll easily have puffers long-term, but as they age, add salt to the water. Don't be afraid just to sprinkle some salt in there. Add it as additional. It doesn't have to be completely brackish, but if you don't do without salt, very tough to do. And then... They have to still, all puffers have to crunch hard things. So if you're going to feed a pea puffer even, all the way up to the Mobu puffer, which is the massive puffers you see on the celebrities' YouTube channels, and they're getting more and more prevalent. You can get them for about 400 bucks retail. You have to have hard foods because their beaks continue to grow. So again, we'll, protect, we'll pick on the Mobu puffers, right, Jimmy? Clams, frozen clams even, anything to help keep that crunch going on is really uh, recommended, and clams aren't cheap. It's very expensive to feed your fish and to continually do that to grind down their beaks. Um, Pea puffers, I literally have a rescued pea puffer that someone sent me because all their others died in the tank, and he is in a tank essentially by himself with a horde of snails just because it's they're crunchy. They're gonna, it's going to keep his beak down. He's going to hunt. And it's going to be the more environment for him. If you don't have something that has that crunch, like a snail, clam, something to suffice the puffer's natural behavior, it's not going to work for you. And then even if you have these mid-grade puffers, puffers, imagine you're a fish and you're in a community tank. The only way you have to communicate is small amounts of aggression. Like you quickly nip someone to let them know you're coming too close. It's my territory. And then they go away. With When you have a puffer, a nip is taking a perfect circle chunk out of that fish. I've had friends that, oh, my you know, cichlids are doing great with them, and then one day, literally a round hole in their head because the puffer just decided to whap them because they got too close one day. Because they're delicious. So there is a plethora of reasons not to start with a puffer ever, and if you do, pea puffer, but no, you must have snails on hand before you purchase that puffer. Will they eat trumpet snails? Because I've never found a puffer fish that eats a trumpet snail. They absolutely will devour trumpet snails. Once they burrow six inches under the gravel and find them. They literally, you can (laughs) dim the lights on purpose because trumpet snails are nocturnal. You can dim the lights on purpose and watch puffers devour trumpets. Hey, I want to recall. I said earlier about discus saying Ken's fish. That was wrong. It's Kenny's discus kenny's well i mean that and i don't know why you're trying to rep all these other places when you can go to jim scrow discus no we're not doing that uh, kenny's discus check it out website now jim jim scrotum discus.com <sighs> jimmy it's a live website everybody can go to it. i don't know why you're undercutting your own market i'm gonna undercut you right where you sit i'm just right waiting for someone to like actually check that it's a real website it's guys. a real website now that you've you've set that up i, I plead the fifth but yeah, Kenny's Kenny's discus probably the best place to buy discus uh, for crazy crazy colors, and uh, he's got all kinds of discus. Check it out, Kenny's discus, not cancer. Sorry, screwed up. How dare you? What else you got? Well, I think we should uh, transition over. That was a good uh, spotlight for beginners. Sonny, you got anything to add to that? I mean, they it's. Apparently debatable. The only other thing I can think of is that 
I and many others have had issues with German German blue RAM specifically, but um, you I, know it's still up for debate whether that's a beginner doomed to fail or just something missing in the environment. Um, I'm team and I could keep discus, but I couldn't keep German blue RAM. So yeah, I, I agree with Sunny. I am I am team Sunny on that. Uh, if you can get good quality rams to start with you'll be just fine but the stuff that you're picking up everywhere else um sucks big time rob, he did it Jim. yeah rob showed me that he just started a jim's discus i did not it's been up for a while you've been selling these fish forever <laughs> forever but yeah uh sonny you're 100 right you've not had luck with with german rams also Yep, every I've got them from two or three different sellers online. Had them ordered, followed all of the parameters I could find, and still all were dead within like a week or two. And at that point, I just kind of went, "I'm gonna stop wasting my money and go to something else." <laughs> well, yeah, Jim literally gave me wild caught ones. He sent me wild caught ones. Remember, I'd order the wild. Yeah, ones you can get some wild caught Bolivian Rams. They're not a German uh, blue ram. They're not a German blue ram. They're a Bolivian ram. And no, no, I don't like Bolivians. I'd I'd order the German rams. But they're the wild caught. The wild caught German rams, and then I'd breed them. Yeah, if you can get wild caught, that's the way to go. But the majority of the stuff's coming out of farms, um, out there in like in Taiwan, and they are just uh, so juiced up. And you get them here, and you get them in different water qual- uh, qualities, and they just kind of fall apart. Yeah, I've had them breed two or three times, and I thought it was going to be easy and just had no luck. But um, there's a lot of YouTubers out there that will talk about how how rams suck and how you have to get good quality stock. And we're just talking earlier about guppies, how import guppies are so terrible. Can't get any babies out of them. I I just found a gentleman uh, in our area that got me some guppies. I've purchased 900 guppies from him in the last three months. And I've kept every female, and I'm getting somewhere between 80 to 150 babies a night. And I'm not even trying that hard right now. Um, but before, I could, I could bring in 900 import guppies and end up throwing them in the garbage because they just fall apart after about a week. So very, very interesting. All right, so rams for the wholesale list can certainly be an issue. Uh, guppies, also because when you import them for wholesale purposes, they're radiated. A right. lot, a lot of them are radiated. A lot of them are sterile. You, you'll always, not always, but most of the time, get them completely sterile from putting under gamma radiation, sterilizing the female, so they don't get their quote proprietary intellectual property from the guppies spread across other countries. Right. Um, we also have here elephant nose. Why is that, Jimmy? Elephant nose are very sensitive to water quality. Uh, over in some countries, they actually. Uh, I want to say it was Germany. I read an article where they're actually keeping elephant nose in a big aquarium and they've got the water coming in from the processing plant going through the aquarium and then out the aquarium. And they actually watch the elephant nose and they can actually watch from their behavior if they start having issues with the water quality. Uh, They're not treating it right or something like that. Uh, A lot of fish are being used overseas. Glowfish, one of them. Uh, What else was there, Adam? There's another fish too they use. For keeping it checks on water quality in their water systems in their cities. Um, oh, the glow danios, glow danios, elephant nose. And then they used um, it was a type of catfish. Shit, I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, so I mean, elephant nose are just very, very susceptible to all kinds of problems. Uh, you net them too hard, you scrape them up. They're kind of another scaleless fish. They need to be fed. Uh, the only thing I've ever had good luck with them is they've eaten a, uh, a lot of frozen bloodworms they'll eat and stuff. They like to dig They like to dig into the gravel, but if the gravel's too sharp, then it screws up yep. their little Take nose. The Same, thing with Sand. A, yep. Same thing with a baby whale. So fun uh, fun deal. Uh, baby whales are uh, and dolph- or, excuse me, elephant nose are also going to be uh, begin to be bred in Florida. Um, the FTFFA have been working on that, and they believe that they cracked the code. Yep. Before I forget, um, a little tip for Just the, tip? the uh, for the kiddos for the for people that keep them. Yeah, get a titanium grounding probe because um, elephant nose and baby whales and them in that family 
they are they have a they sense electricity in the tank and they also emit a uh, electricity and if you put them put like a group of elephant nose in a tank they will um adjust their frequencies so that they don't mess with each other with each other that's how they find food but you put a titanium grounding probe and it absorbs all the stray electricity in the tank that's when i found that i've had the best luck with them so you hear that it, jimmy no more uh, tens units on your balls before playing in the aquarium punch him in the throat jim <laughs> no more sugar for you before the podcast you're naughty tonight. But but I'm sorry I had M&Ms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. And diabetes. Next things on the list we have are, uh, I mean, obviously leaf fish, but why? Leaf fish. People don't know how to feed leaf fish. People don't know what leaf fish are, Jimmy. Leaf fish are fish that look like a leaf. <laughs> <laughs> you just no stop people from Googling it. Congratulations. Yeah, no. Google it, man. There's three or four different varieties of leaf fish. You don't see them available very often. Wait, wait, let me guess. There's brown, there's tan, there's off yellow green? and green. I want to punch all of you in the throat. <laughs> Each and every one of you, starting with you, Rob. All right, but, but seriously, why? Uh, is it because they fell off the tree that they're not great to import? They are just very hard to get on food. They need they need small food. Uh, they need live food. They don't. Crickets. Yeah, they just don't do well. And uh, the thing is, is usually they are almost starved to death by the time they get to your store. And so it's very hard to get them to eat. Brackish water, too. Yep. Next one on the list is uh, piranha. Piranhas? Why would you want a piranha when you could have a Paku? No, I'm sorry. I want to be circumcised by a fish. So uh, why are these bad to bring in? Rob's has issues if he wants I know. to be circumcised by a piranha. Exactly. I've had way too much free time this evening. I was right? going to say, and, and we can't even find a small enough piranha to do that for you. Sorry, buddy. Thanks. First of all, it's very hard to import piranha to find somebody who has piranhas. There's only a couple, two, three people in the United States that, that raise piranhas. They raise them in cement vats. They're very they're skittish. Cute. They're very hard to breed. They're very hard to ship. And if you get a collection of piranhas, uh, usually if you have 150 piranha imported i'll sell 40 with two eyes and i'll sell another 40 with one eye and i'll sell the other 40 or be dead so that's 120 i don't know where the other 20 went they just disappeared they kill each other how dare you it's like the uh thunderdome in a box yes and and you have to ship them when they're about the size of a dime or smaller because they go right through the god dang bag uh you have to put a probably three times a four mil bag and you have to put layers of newspaper in between each layer. And I can't tell you how many times that we brought in piranha and, you know, they sent a bag of piranhas with four gallons of water and we get a, a quart of water and a bunch of piranhas laying there flopping around. So very frustrating. But if you know somebody who's raising piranha, that's where you want to get them from is somebody locally, but there's very few people that are doing it. All right. So I'm going to pick also, on, they also shred the plastic bags like you, they i've always seen people when i'd get them in groups they take shredded plastic bag and throw it in there yeah just just to try to keep them from from chewing on each other we used to take plastic black plastic bags and just put them in the vat so they'd have places to hide and stuff but you've always got uh so much aggression going on in that tank and which which is interesting because people want them because they're aggressive then you get a couple of them in your tank at home and you throw in some goldfish or some feeder guppies and they don't do anything they hide yeah, they just they, they won't eat until after dark. All right, two more to pick on. Uh, one is one that I put on the list is uh, black corridoras. Black corridoras are not like your traditional corridoras. They are a much different species. So essentially, as long as you're not getting a full black corridora, you can treat the majority of corridora species relatively the same. They have the same behavior, the same schooling habits, uh, more or less the same pH requirements, generally speaking, uh, the same food. The only difference is like between like if you get like a, a sorted skew from these wholesalers, you'll get the brown, the peppered and the albino. The albino will always be weaker, but more or less these corridors are kept the same. In my profile, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy just wrote me a note because he didn't want to say something racist. Yes, I'm profiling the black corridors, Jimmy. How dare I? Uh, 
these particular fish, not only are they absolutely acidinely expensive to get black Corydoras, but uh, they require some of the softest water I've ever experienced. Uh, they are not nearly as active socially with each other. They don't school properly and uh, absolutely a mistake to import. They stress out, die, and crap all the time. So, uh, all right, next one, arowana. <laughs> so I'm sitting there with Jimmy. Wait a minute. No, no tissues required. No, here's some, here's some tissues. We figured this out together. <laughs> this is not my one arowana that got eaten by a catfish story. We've been there, done that. If you haven't heard it. And it's still hilarious. You'll know the meme. All right. It is funny because it cost Rob's a lot of freaking money. Right. Uh, it, I'm sitting there with Jimmy. And Jimmy's, how do we say, cynical. And uh, I'm like, hey, I know some people that want some marijuana. Oh, man. Are those marijuana $10 on your wholesale list, Jimmy? I'll buy those. He's like, yes, they are. And they will die. He wouldn't give me any other information. Not tell me how they die, why they die. How they die, they, they quit breathing. I'm like, Jimmy just had a bad batch. Maybe Jimmy gave him to the wrong person. Like, 10 bucks, shit. I can, I can waste some money. So I bought, you know, I bought a bag. He bought a hundred dollars worth of small, <laughs> of small arowana. Yeah, right. With the egg you big dumb. So they came in like you just said, Jimmy, and broke the punchline. They they have their yolks still hanging out of the central part of their body. So you get them, and they're about what inch, two inches long. Yeah, give two, or take. Yep, two inches. Three That's inches. about all it is. And they are freshly hatched arowana. And they have about an inch of yolk hanging below them. A full-on inch that they're dragging behind. Uh, of course, the first bag I got all crapped out. Like, what the hell is going on here? I'm like, no, never again. Well, of course, I did it again. I, I bought, like, one or two more. And I'm like, there's got to be a way. If they ship these to people, there's got to be some sort of secret. So I studied up. I tried everything I could. You couldn't get him to eat. But then, of course, I wasn't thinking. So after me wasting a ton of money with Jimmy... Uh, finally figured out how to get these small arowana shipped in and taken care of. And let me tell you, it's still a gamble. So if you ever decide that you're going to get on wholesale some marijuana and you want to do it cheaply, know that this is a risk, but a method. You get these in, you float them in silk baskets, and you do not let them move until they absorb their yolk sac. Uh, you do not feed them. You do not let them move. You keep them stuck in there because if they move, they tear their yolk sac and they die. If they get against flow, they break their yolk sac and they die. If they decide that there's a bug that decided to move in the tank, they go after it, crack their yolk sac, and die. I, it's unreal. Keep them away from light. Keep them in silk hanging baskets. And the moment the, eggs, the, the, the yolk is 100% gone, the only way you can keep them alive is crickets. You have to buy copious amounts of live crickets to keep these things going. And and plus you have to you know try to get a pair of silk underwear out of your wife's drawer in order to keep them in right without getting busted because like I even have a hanging basket right there in my ninety Jimmy that basket is too rough when they move and brush their yoke against the basket they tear it and they're dead they get a braised yeah because I mean it, it gets a, a braised and it gets some sort of uh, I don't know fungus on it or whatever yep and then they're dead they're it's dead a fungus you yeah. know what I've done. So what I did was I kept them in a 10-gallon tank, and I cranked the heat up, and I had a sponge filter, and then I methylene blued the shit out of the water, and that works just fine, too. I mean, I did that as well, but still broke the yolk sac continually. Still didn't still didn't do anything, and also... Well, did kinda, you have more than one in the tank? Uh, no. Actually, that I had one in the tank, and it died. <laughs> that's what's left after $100. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's it's, it's just <laughs> continual. I tried to quite, quite a few different I've times. I've never had that much problems. When you catch them out of the, when you put them in the bag, you have to use a cup to catch them. Yep. Because any pressure on that yolk sac, it just, they die. 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so. Which is a miracle how they even ship correctly. Yeah. Sp spend the extra money. If you really want an arowana, spend the extra money and get yourself a, a small or a medium arowana, which are going to be six, seven inches long. And those problems will be behind you. Yeah. You're going to pay. You know, three times as much, but you're not going to be throwing it down the toilet either. Now, the benefits. If you can successfully take an arowana and raise it from yolk uh, and you it's eating crickets, 
you can easily, with training, transfer that arowana to pellet food. Super simple. You take the cricket, and the moment it hits the surface, it's trained that you come over, you feed it cricket, and it knows it's food time. Because it sees the moving cricket and associates you with food. When you do that a few times, they learn quickly, and then you put a pellet in there, they're not going to recognize or just see that you came over, something hit the surface, and now it's in their mouth. That's literally the association. And literally like that, they're on pellets. They won't ask questions, and you can put them on... When they get bigger, you can put them on shrimp or bigger pellets, massive ore pellets, whatever you're looking for. Super easy to train a baby arowana over something else where how that process doesn't really translate well without bigger live food. Is that why you call your mom buffet? Yeah, I keep going over to my mom's house. I just put down some taters and gravy and poof. And then I, I slowly switch that to salad, but she's not quite there yet. Not there. Is that her last one? I mean, that's my last one. Here's another way to lose money. If you just want to send us like a hundred bucks, we're not going to send it back. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've got a friend who likes to go to the casino and he always takes like a couple hundred bucks with him and he'll come home with 40 from his 200 and say that he won 40. And uh, my, my thing to him, I said, how about I save you gas money? You give me the 200 bucks and maybe tomorrow I'll give it back to you. Maybe I won't. But I saved you a lot of time down at the casino. So what you're saying is we gave them an episode to try to like help them with pitfalls, whether beginner or a wholesaler. Yep. And now you're saying that we're just going to help you and instead of you potentially wasting money, just give us 100 bucks at AquariumGuysPodcast.com on the website. You can support the podcast. Right. And, th- and then that Oh, way- Jimmy, you're a genius. And that way they don't have to waste their money on, on fish. Or you can go Instead to- buying these fish, just, you know, buy some robs. Right? Yeah. Or you can go to... Uh, I think Rob's is worth a lot less than $100. <laughs> well, if, if you sold them by the pound and a nickel a pound, let me do the math. Hey, that's, they banned well, Blubber, <laughs> all right, for use for fuel. Uh, or you could go to uh, jimscrotumdiscus.com and see if he has any stock left. Yeah. And uh, let me give you Rob's cell phone number, and you can call it, and he'll get hold of you. <laughs> if you like the podcast, go to it, support our sponsors, aquariumguyspodcast.com. Love you. See you next week. Bye. Thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast. Please go to your favorite place where podcasts are found, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever they can be found. Like, subscribe, and make sure you get push notifications directly to your phone so you don't miss great content like this. I never knew that a Minnesota accent could be so sexy until I heard Adam's voice. Go fuck yourself, don't you know? (laughs) That's my boy, don't you know.